All right. Hello. We're here with Dr. Randy Van Wagner and Karen Kortzer. So great to have you here. Thank you so much for, for being able to reschedule a couple times. I know we wanted to have you on a little bit earlier, um, but it's it's great and welcome. Oh, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to the conversation. So um, we just thought we would start with, could you tell our listeners about your role at Mohawk Valley Community College and what has been the most satisfying part of your experience so far with the college? Sure. Um in my 15th year as president of Mohawk wow. Valley Community College, and I think that kind of goes to uh, part of what has been most satisfying is looking back on the journey of, yeah. you know, I'm the, when the average tenure of a community college president across the country is less than five years, mm. I'm in my 15th year, and I'm the fifth president in, as we celebrate our 75th anniversary wow. at the college. So wow. I'm just average at MVCC. At yeah, years. yeah, you know, yeah. Three times the national average, but average at MVCC. So what's been most gratifying to me is um, the place was in very good shape when I got here in 2007, a great college to begin with. But to watch the, uh, the culture evolve over the years, um, increase our connections to the community um, and to see you know two-thirds of our administrators have been have held non-administrative positions at the college the av- we have 20 um, percent of our full-time employees have been there more than 20 years wow. wow so in an age now when you've got the great resignation and mm-hmm. job hopping for a couple of dollars just to watch people work at the college like almost double down, and investing in being part of co-creating the culture is what we like to How say. How many employees? We have 400 full-time employees Great. and um, probably 150 part-time with adjunct. Great. I, I like that term, co-creating the culture. It yeah. speaks to like ownership of the people that are employed there, the people that work there, as well as the students that matriculate there. Yeah. The, the things I, when I look back on what I was involved in my first couple of years, you know, literally attending detailed committee meetings just to kind of watch the behavior, the organizational behavior move and shift to now being much more externally oriented because internally the place is, you know, we always have work to do, but just working on aligning those subcultures Mm -hmm. with an overarching culture at the colleges is a journey in itself. We we actually have a question that sort of relates to this and and kind of as you enter the discussion in your tenure at mvcc you have focused on creating a strength-based culture and language why is that important and what difference has it made at the college yeah the that's a great question because the origin of it is as many interesting things are uh, was kind of happenstance i when I came in 2007, our marketing director said, you should do a blog and introduce yourself to the community. Cool to the guys. idea. Yeah, so um, this was blogspot.com that is however long ago. <laughs> sure. um, it said, uh, name a profile, describe yourself. Oh my gosh, I need to de- well, how do you describe yourself? Hmm. Well, I had taken the Gallup Strengths Finder mm-hmm. uh, when I worked in Omaha, and the Gallup Strengths Finder is a, a psychometric 180 questions, 10-point scale. I like this more than I like that. Uh, 50 years of positive psychology research under the idea that uh, we all have these 34 basic traits. And if we're aware of our top five themes, we can leverage them into strengths the more we use them. Mm. So 
I listed my top five strengths, and lo and behold, I had a staff member and a faculty member approach me and say, hey, we saw your strengths on your blog. We've been doing a few things with some students. Would you mind if we got some more training to expand more of us to wow. expose to this? And I said, go for it. And uh, they brought in a trainer to train like 24 faculty and staff who were kind of early adopters and mavens within the culture and spread it kind of organically. And this idea of before we can administer the strengths finder to our students, we should work with it more as faculty and staff so we know it as employees so we can then work with students. So over a three or four year period, it kind of organically grew, people putting strength, their top five strengths in their email signatures and otherwise. Mm. And uh, then we moved it into new employee orientation. Mm-hmm. And and then now for the last several years, it's been part of a um, the college success seminar, the college foundations, one credit class that all degree-seeking students take. And as a community co- former community college student myself, the idea of being going to a community college and having a acute awareness of your weaknesses hmm. um what a way to flip it yes. to talk about your strengths and it's a whole new vocabulary instead of saying i like people you can talk about mm-hmm. your woo your right. winning others over strengths <laughs> finder theme and what that means I love that it becomes almost a vernacular that you speak with on campus. And in my experience at Leadership Mohawk Valley, I was fortunate enough to be able to take the Gallup uh, Strengths Poll. And I'll have to ask you what yours are because I'd be very curious. But what I find, though, and Karen and I were talking about this earlier, it's such an optimistic and positive way of viewing the community. And it's not just for business or for leadership. It's really an important kind of component of self-reflection and understanding, I think, for everyone to go through. Yeah, we, we had an a, um, a academic workshop for students on academic probation and had them take the strengths finder. And um, many of them actually had deliberative um, hmm. and intellection okay. that, uh, and uh, analytical as a third. And they, it's this idea that you, you're not slow, you're right. not... Um, uh, you're not this or that, but you like to think things through. Mm-hmm. That's sure. a strength. That's yeah. what you need on uh, on staff. If if you've got comp, you know people that can complement sure. those strengths. So and, how do we harness it? Yes, and that's where uh, I think what's worked so well internally within the culture is, and, and of course not everybody. You know, we didn't force it on everybody, but over the years now. Um, Close to, I want to say 75, almost 80% of our full-time employees have taken the Strengths Finder. Um, don't necessarily want to mandate a psychometric to folks sure. who have been there forever, <laughs> right. new employer orientation. Well, this is what they do here, so I'll take it kind sure, of Sure, sure. And um, so over the years, those numbers have grown. But it has. It's, it's provided a shared vocabulary, mm-hmm. um, helps people understand each other. Um, I like to tell the story of two, two colleagues that were really – butting heads and um, one needed approval of the other so the person was always advocating and wanting more and uh, when they took the strengths finder the person who was asking uh, for the resources well belief was in their top five so they believed strongly in what they wanted and why they needed it and the person they were asking 
uh, deliberative was in their top five, which is a classic, ask me today and the answer is no. Right. Ask me tomorrow and it's maybe. <laughs> they just needed time to think sure. things through, but they wanted an answer now because they believed in it so much. And when they took the, the strengths finder, they looked at each other and like, oh, I just thought you were a jerk. You Isn't know? that funny? The communication yeah. aspect of it with just that understanding. Yeah. And so much of that is seek to understand others before you seek to be understood. Yeah, very right? much so. And, and to also see value in everyone. Yeah. Everyone has strengths to bring to the table. You want to tell us what your top five are? Yeah, I, I, um, I'll say the third is a ranger. Okay. And um, it's so important that I have to arrange my strengths into a sentence. So number five <laughs> is, is includer, including okay. people in the process. Learner, mm-hmm. number four, learn from those, from others and everything. Arrange them, arrange your number three. Strategically, yep. number two, uh, strategic. And then number one is maximizer, to so make the most of everything. as yeah. a leader <laughs> of a college that has so many tangential points in the community that you're, you know, those strengths are so perfectly suited. Yeah, and when you read number, the maximizer strength, it, right out of the gate it says, people with the maximizer theme love strengths. So <laughs> we're I'm all in. Are people often surprised about their top five, or do they feel more the majority think, yeah, that makes sense for me. I yeah. can see that. I would say the vast majority say it makes sense. Yeah. My favorite stories are when people say um, that they really didn't, like you know low strengths that's not me and they take it home to their spouse or partner uh, or someone who knows them very well and they're like that is exactly you you know isn't that oh now that you mention it yeah i guess you see here's the mirror right (laughs) exactly um the role of uh we're gonna switch it up a little bit here the role of community college is is certainly significant not only for student access to education but the impact on the local economy and community at large What have you found to be the most significant trends in education that community colleges, such as MVCC, have begun to prepare for? Yeah, great question. Education is a little late to the disruption world, but as technology and social change disrupts every sector, uh, higher education is getting disrupted and has been for probably the last eight years or so. And I think the number one way is an increase in the individualized experience. You can, and the pandemic just accelerated that, where you can learn just about anything, anytime, anywhere. Uh, the resources are out there on, on the web. It's just a matter of sorting through what you want to learn. And now it's accelerated because of the uh, worker shortage mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, what is the state of Maryland and the state of Colorado governors just waived degree requirements for any state job. Now it's wow. a combination of experience, experience and, and education. Nice. Instead of having these degree gate holders, mm-hmm. um, you have employers approaching our students before they even finish their degree mm. and saying, come, you've learned enough. Come, we'll figure <laughs> out the rest later. Mm. You can complete the degree. So wow. shorter, faster. Um, focused programs um, it is a definite trend. Individualized learning uh, and the non-credit to credit pathway. And an example of that is uh, Google IT. The Google um, Google has put out IT certifications through like a coding academy that you can get non-credit, take for free, oh, wow. um, and go get a, a networking job. Uh, but if you reach a point that 
you want more or you do need a degree or more uh, additional education, um, many places you wouldn't get credit for that because mm -hmm. it was non-credit off to the side. Our computer science faculty have redesigned the curriculum to match the outcomes so that if you went through the Google IT certifications um, and, and approached MVCC, said, I, I want to pursue the computer science degree, um, we, you would get credit for that. So this non-credit to credit pairing of the learning outcomes mm. to try to accommodate more for students. That's I, so fantastic. Yeah, I've noticed too, because uh, I look through, um, you know, when the uh, community continuing education comes out, I love that. I've often sent my kids to, you know, some of the programs. Thank you, because they're all all really excellent oh, in the summer you. programs. Some uh, my kids well. <laughs> love them. Um, but I notice, you know, it's exactly like you're saying, the sort of you have to respond um, to the desires and, and needs of the people that you are serving, that, you know, it's very prominent. We have hybrid. We have 100% mm. remote. We have in-person. Whatever you want will cater to you. And I think that really is so different than how, um, it was pre-pandemic, you know, that it was uh, students coming to you on person, you know, in mm -hmm. person, and mm -hmm. um, now it's really much more, very much more person-centered focus. And what is it that you can do, and we're going to adapt to you Meeting and help you still are. get to your goals? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we for our credit schedule, we offer a a, a small, you know, smattering of each course, mm -hmm. and then build wait lists. So students register for wait lists uh, or on a wait list, and then we open up sections based on demand. Okay. Um, prior to the pandemic, only about 10% of our classes were remote, mm -hmm. online or whatever. Mm -hmm. And now it's closer to 50%. Mm -hmm. Wow. Students mm -hmm. don't need childcare, save transportation. They can pick up more hours. They can get more out of their day that way. Sure. Um, with our average age being, you know, closer to 24, um, mm. the recent high school grad is, represents about a, a, a third of our um, Population. Has that age uh, increased over the years, over your 15-year tenure, or has that pretty much stayed the same, that average age of 24 for it's, your students? It's pretty much stayed the same, yeah. but what we're seeing these last two years is an increase in part-time. We used to be far more 60% uh, full-time students, okay. taking 12 or more credit hours, and now it's 60% part-time. Because nice. I think people are picking up more, sure. more hours at work, and we're seeing everyone's always worked in some fashion. We've always had a high percentage, but... Mm -hmm. Um, I think they're they're working more. I have to just highlight too that use of the word credit. You know, traditionally mm -hmm. when you think of that in college, that's the the one, the two, or the three credit class that you see, and it's numerical and it doesn't really have a lot of meaning beyond that. But you used it in a couple different ways. One was that kind of very dry description of this class equals this, you know, three. But credit in terms of life experience and learning mm -hmm. that people have had through either their work experience or the Google IT program, credit for that, like giving them um, recognition, really an acknowledgement for what they bring to the table. Yeah. And using the word in that fashion, I love. Um, Working really hard on what we call prior learning assessment. Oh, and nice. getting those systems in place. Empire State College does a great job at that, so we've been working um, with them, trying to learn from them mm -hmm. uh, to strengthen our systems. And then, you know, you talk about credit as a definition. The other is degree. Sure. Degree and certificates. A new term that is that is in education now is a micro-credential, mm -hmm. which is like half of a, if it's a 
two-year degree, a one-year certificate, a micro-credential is like nine to 15 credits, half oh, of a, okay. and then you, we design the, the faculty design the curriculum so it stacks. Okay. So the, you get a micro-credential, go to work, come back, get a certificate, or, you, or even better yet, you're working and going all at the same time in those, sure. um, the, they call stackable credentials. You know, what's interesting about that too is sometimes people aren't great at selling themselves for at their job, mm-hmm. right? Maybe a job they already are at or a job they're looking to get or a promotion they're looking to get. This is a way of kind of codifying that skill set without having to feel that they're kind of bragging or having to do some sort of salesmanship. They can yeah. say, you know, I have these micro-credentials. I have these, you know, experiential learnings, things like that. I think that's a wonderful kind of tool to have. Yeah, exactly. And further disruption, you think of the the college transcript as, you know, the holy grail. It's it's the crown jewels, whatever. All of those things, yes. <laughs> and now um, we're want, SUNY had a little program uh, for eight of the thirty community colleges. We're one of those eight that jumped in to use a platform called Credly, where mm. students, when they get micro credentials, they can um, post them. Gives them the opportunity to post uh, and add their credentials to their um, social media sites like oh, LinkedIn, okay. and and actually puts the students kind of in charge of their transcript in an wow. odd way that makes very registrars very uncomfortable. Yeah, I can imagine. But it's it's the evolution. So and that's that's you know when I say satisfying, uh, look back on the what is most satisfying is um, uh, MVCC the faculty and staff's ability to. Um, and, and the pandemic just amplified this of their resilience of mm-hmm. they don't back away from from the change, but rather embrace it and create that adapt in organizational adaptability, which which is perfect for a community <coughs> college because we need to adapt as the community changes. I recently had somebody tell me that um, it was a couple years ago, and I think it was pre-pandemic that they had applied for a position at the school, and they were very very interested in it. And they said they just loved from the minute they came in for the interview, you know, and, and pre-interview coming in and seeing, you know, the, the connection of the people that were interviewing her. She wanted that job so wow. much because she wanted to work in, the, in the positive culture. culture. Yeah. She said she didn't get the job. She was really disappointed. She uh, wanted to work for MVCC. Uh, but it, it was really, I think, those experiences of people applying for jobs even though they didn't get in but still go on to say how positive the culture is there was you know was inspiring to me absolutely comes from top down i mean you have done a fantastic job of engaging in the community in so many different ways i'm honored i know karen participates in the continuing leadership program uh, for board leadership Mm -hmm. and i look forward to that last wednesday of every month i'm like okay i'm gonna get somewhere comfortable i'm gonna get somewhere quiet and i'm gonna just brace myself for some information i always have a pen in my hand i always have a piece of paper you ask such such wonderful questions of the guests and i always take something away and that's a way that i never would have thought i would have engaged with my local community college Mm. and it's a privilege that that's something that exists there yeah well i have a uh mvcc the board of trustees there from the day I arrived they were like you need to get involved in the community I said yes to every board invitation and early on I was on way mm-hmm. too many boards but <laughs> with David Mathis mm-hmm. <laughs> on the board that was you know mm-hmm. an expectation to some degree mm-hmm. and um and the board is just they they continue to um just in a 
a very productive manner challenged me to find new ways and mm -hmm. that I'm able to work with staff who feel the same way that um, so 20 percent I've done this now the last two years 20 percent of our full-time employees um, serve on uh, community boards or right. are on elected school boards or wow some form so they're engaged they're engaged and uh, so those 40 44 full-time employees are on um, uh, represent and work with more than 60 different organizations that's fantastic um, yeah. yeah so that that uh, community connectivity is mm -hmm. kind of in the DNA these days which is which is great and that's kind of the the center for Leadership excellence came along. Yeah, those ways. that's great. You're you're so wonderful in this podcast because you set us up for the next question <laughs> so well. I love it. Why don't you ask about the center? All right. Well, yeah. Could you tell people who are listening a little bit about the Center for Leadership Excellence and what is offered uh, there to community members and how they can kind of leverage some of those resources? Yeah, this is a confluence of events where uh, the Community Foundation uh, was already looking at uh, ways to strengthen community leadership and through a, a another endeavor that I'm engaged in happened to hear from a panel in Pittsburgh um, listening to the turnaround story of Pittsburgh going from a steel mill town to this high-tech um, thriving urban center now uh, and every person on the panel was a graduate of leadership Pittsburgh oh. and without scripting it, they all said, in so many ways, the story of Pittsburgh's turnaround uh, would not be what it is today without Leadership Pittsburgh. And a mm. little, uh, having been a graduate of Leadership Denver and Leadership Omaha myself, and have sent a few people at MVCC through Leadership Mohawk Valley, uh, we approached Leadership Mohawk Valley uh, with the question, um, are you in a position today in 2016 um, so that when people talk in 2030 of the turnaround story of the Mohawk Valley, um, it, it would be different if not for Leadership Mohawk Valley. Mm -hmm. And to their credit, um, they had just finished a, a five-year strategic plan. They were in the best financial position um, in their history, perhaps, and they were open to partnering. And the Community Foundation gave us one of their earliest multi-year grants to put together some type of something bigger Gotcha. Through partnership. So um, LMV remains the signature program. Um, we revamped that a little bit and created a leadership academy, uh, a supervisor's institute, uh, a, worked with a group uh, of community leaders in Corn Hill over, it was well over a year, if not 18 months, to understand the needs of Corn Hill, the assets in Corn Hill, mm -hmm. and um, we created the Neighborhoods Rising uh, offering that uh, we, we're now in our third cohort of 10 to 12 leaders out of Corn Hill, and, oh, and the, um, the stories there are amazing of sure. um, just the talent in, in that neighborhood with a little uh, extra support and intentionality. Um, that is beyond expectations. Give me so, a little goosebumps. Yeah, the that Neighborhoods Rising awesome. is incredible. And then the most recent offering is, is the board leadership where we're partnering with the New York Council on Nonprofits and offering that that particular program virtually over Zoom um, 
and we're actually getting registrations and participants from all across the state, from the Bronx to Elmira to Glens Falls. It's been uh, it's been a great experience. So one of my favorite parts is the start when Kristen asks, you know, put in the chat where you're from, and you see those yeah. cities <clears throat> pop up from all over the place. I'm like, holy cow! It's connecting so many people. It's so much bigger than the Mohawk Valley. So much so. And but it puts the Mohawk Valley more on the map where yeah. it belongs. Yeah, and to draw on on the talent here, where Nikon makes their you know great. Uh, professional presentation mm-hmm. and then we bring in uh usually a pair of uh local leaders who have tremendous board experience karen being one of the more recent ones <laughs> uh, as a local panelist yeah. to to mm-hmm. share their insights and bring somewhat of the theory and the um the frameworks uh to life through their own experiences I can't say enough good things about both LMV which I'm currently enrolled in and the Center for Leadership Excellence board leadership there's about 20 people in my LMV class, 25 people. I feel like we should have some sort of secret handshake with alums, <laughs> though, that we should work on so that when yes. you meet up outside, you have, like, this way to kind of connect and be like, are you an LMVer? Yeah. Are you a CLEer? Uh, which I think yeah. would be kind of fun because you never know. And it is such a privilege to be able to participate in it. And I think such a gift to the community as a whole um, that we are able to see connections in our world that you wouldn't have otherwise seen. It feels to me very much like a curtain has been lifted. Mm -hmm. Um, And the gift that that has given in terms of my feeling connected and engaged with the community is something that I can't overstate. So thank you for that. I always think of LMV as um, it's like a backstage tour in every sector of of, uh, society. It is amazing. I did recently get the tour of the Stanley as part of one of my classes, and I went home and told my daughter, and she goes, that's what you got to do for work today? Yeah, that's right. I know. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's pretty awesome. (laughs) It takes great employers like the ARC to support their staff to to go through programs like that. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Just one other follow-up on um, Leadership Mohawk Valley and the whole um, cadre of kind of classes how many people have kind of gone through that program at this point, would you say? Boy, through LMV, it's got to be coming up on 1,000 because wow. it's close to 30 years Wow. Uh, for LMV alone. And the last, um, now through each year, I want to say through all of the programs with CLE, it's pretty close to, um, it's over 200 safely, if not 250. My goodness. Um, across all the programs on an annual basis. That's an incredible impact. Yeah. Wow. I love um, being a graduate, and I love the program from LMV. And I was in the first class when it came yes. to MVCC. So, there, you know, of course, I have a special connection to MV anyway as an alum. Um, so it's, and it does, you do feel like part of a, a special group mm-hmm. when you graduate and you're often very you stay connected to the people that you are in the in the um, course with and um it's helps with networking it's you know connections in the community and um so i'm really glad that you guys of course uh have well you you were it. a big part of in that first class when it came we took a risk by okay. breaking lmv used to be larger um used to be more varied in the people who went through based on their their position basically um, and what we tried to do was uh, pull out supervisors institute to okay. provide programming for supervisors pull out more formal leadership content so that the leadership academy would be for emerging leaders mm-hmm. and then lmv 
that we were then able to double the number of site visits, increase the number of speakers that participants were exposed to, um, and wanted LMV to be for senior leaders who are already established to um, and wanted to expand their leadership footprint on the community. So um, we needed like a CEO like, <laughs> come through. And we, I think there was yeah. one or two others in there as well, that, yeah. that cohort. That, Stephanie um, Gagan. Yes, yes. Yeah. That, uh, that, that sent a signal that, you know, things were a little different. Sure. That's, that's really interesting that you guys did that. What, uh, what prompted that kind of leap? That was, um, you know, through conversation with both what LMV was experiencing with mm-hmm. their um, with the participants and uh, where the community foundation wanted to engage with sure. that grant was was to expand the leadership development opportunities um, uh, across varying levels mm-hmm. and um, and to take LMV to the next level of you know being able to double the number of site visits. I think the average class, you'll probably come across close to 70 different speakers. Oh, yeah. Uh, and each one of them fascinating. Year. I'm a learner. That's one of my oh, strengths. So I just like <laughs> totally geek out on every different topic and yeah. really, really enjoy it. So, yeah. Yeah, because the time, I mean, what's going on in this region, <coughs> we, we all needed to up our game on leadership because yeah. it's. Uh, uh, so much potential and so many yeah. things happening that are intersecting that if they're done in isolation in traditional parochial mm-hmm. manner, mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to reach the potential of the region as, as we might otherwise when right. people work together. I think keeping an eye on, on MVCC and, and the college, what they're doing and the unique programs that they're offering is really to everybody's benefit, just keeping an eye and saying, oh, I just want to check in with MVCC and see what they're mm-hmm. doing and what new programs they have. And that's, I love that. I love the board leadership series. Um, and I think that's been a really positive experience for many, many people. And I love the, the variety of um, programs that are offered and, and um, particularly in the summer, you know, my kids love them. So lots to, to keep an eye on. So I'm just going to ask one more question because we are starting to get low on time here. And then we'll hit the lightning round questions. Sounds good. As an alum, of course, I am most proud of the diversity of the college programs, students, and of course, the partnership with our award-winning College Works program at both the Utica and Rome campuses. Can you share why our College Works partnership is a benefit to MVCC and how inclusion of people with developmental disabilities is vital for everyone's success? Yeah, that, I was thrilled to see this program. The partnership was already in place when I got here. I think yeah. it had gone through one mm-hmm. year prior to my arrival. And um, attending the graduations, you see it in the faces of the graduates. You see it in um, the faces of the family members. And um, it is a joyful, mm-hmm. joyful experience. And to see the the transition, the the gain. I like to similar to the college when you talk about um, a Harvard graduate. No offense to any Harvard alums listening, mm-hmm. but <laughs> the difference between their freshman year and four years later, mm-hmm. a community college, MVCC student difference from when they started to two years later is transformational in many instances. Where a Harvard graduate, it might be more incremental. A, a, a more incremental. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that word, and. Um, and the same goes at College Works. What those students 
come to the program with and as and what they leave, it's, again, transformational. Mm -hmm. And I think why that partnership is so important to us, it fits with our values when Mm -hmm. we think of, we have four values at the college, model the way, uh, and inclusivity is modeling, modeling inclusivity is that, Uh, encourage excellence and inspiring confidence, which is Perfect. Anchors mm-hmm. to those yep. programs. And then the fourth is embrace our community. And mm-hmm. every individual in the College Works program is a member of our community that we embrace. And I was thinking about this. Uh, I had the opportunity to go home recently to Michigan and driving through hometown, thinking back, lots of memories flooding through. And, you know, 40 years ago, not so inclusive mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. during those times, thinking of conversations and activities and things that were done uh, without an inclusive angle Mm -hmm. and thinking now where my own personal journey of strengths-based, everyone has strengths, everyone has something to bring to the table. And and you look across the country and the world, really, of people with disabilities doing amazing things in art and music and Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship and I recently saw there's a um, an elected counselor. I don't exactly know the the role, but it's in sp- in Spain. Um, they are the um, I think they were the first publicly elected Downs mm, person wow. with Downs to a, a elected position. That's incredible. Um, and you you know starting to see um, PhDs, people with Downs mm-hmm. getting PhDs. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are certainly the, the high-level exceptions. And then at the other other end of that spectrum where um, someone, they wouldn't have a shot at any anything along those lines, at the bare minimum to see what they, the joy they bring to their family members mm-hmm. um, of just mm-hmm. love. Right, that, there's a win. Yeah, you yeah. know, that all of that in the college works program, to have that as part of NBCC now in our 16th year, approaching mm. our 17th, mm. which mm. is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a great partnership that we're very proud to be a part of. I see that in, since I work uh, primarily in our business enterprises division where I spend a lot of time, we've had College Works tours where the students have come in. I was uh, lucky enough to give one of the tours at our Progress Industries location and was just so impressed by the um, variety of students that came. Uh, the questions that they had, Hmm. how their instructors had kind of given them background so that they were prepared with questions and how engaged they were. And based on their exposures that they've had to different businesses through that program, through that College Works program, they knew what they kind of liked and didn't like. Hmm. But we're still open to the experiences, and that was so rewarding to be (coughs) on the other end. Um, And then, as you know, we have a bakery just a few doors down called Chef's Express where we have had some people who have gone through College Works program. We're actually going to be giving a tour to the College Works group um, next month as well where they can come and see some of the different job opportunities that are out there and really have that exposure that, to your point, 40 years ago wasn't part of the natural course or the normal course uh, for people with disabilities. So that inclusivity um, has been such a wonderful partnership in terms of advancing that. Mm -hmm. I think what's nice, too, is how um, much the students of our college work program are part of the campus, are on the campus learning, are part of the student activities. Um, And I think that is a huge piece to their success, but also to the students that, 
connect with them, mm-hmm. you know, in a variety of activities and social clubs. And mm-hmm. um, I think that's it's such a wonderful, wonderful relationship and partnership. And I, I really appreciate everything that you guys do. Oh, that's, to, you know, that's when, that. if, if I could just say, that's when I know it's a really deep partnership, almost beyond a partnership. It's like an alliance committed mm-hmm. to the oh, same that. thing that that's right. when you advocate and say, hey, could our students have you know, part of the, the student activities and get a student ID to be right. part of that campus. Um, it, well, we hadn't thought about that, but now that you mention it, mm-hmm. yeah, we can make that work. Mm-hmm. And um, it just adds to that, the student experience for them. That's right. So Absolutely. Heather, I think it's time to head to the lightning round and. All right, I will, uh, I'll ask you two questions, Randy, if that's all right. These are kind of fun and give people a little bit different perspective than the, the doctor, Van sure. Wagner. Yeah. Um, what do you enjoy most about living in the Mohawk Valley region? Oh, my quick answer that I tell people when I, well, like, why do you live here? Um, <laughs> it's four seasons. It's small city, um, small connection uh, with time. Within an hour, you're in the Adirondacks. Within four hours, you're in all these great cities of the Northeast. Um, great schools, uh, great opportunity to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, we face all the challenges of a major city but it's small enough that you can do something about it. feel like you can tackle those problems. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, next question. What leader or leaders have most inspired you in your career? Um, at a personal level, I worked for, um, I had a supervisor in Omaha who uh, set his ego aside more than anyone I ever experienced and um, modeled this uh, idea of uh, staying in the moment, you know, thinking strategically and thinking mm-hmm. long term, but but really being in the moment and all those little things. It, it felt like he had a little magic wand that he would touch mm. things to just make them better. You knew he had a hand in it, but yeah. he'd never really tell you or wow. take credit for it. Oh, that's so it's fun to work yeah. for a person like that and, and absorb that at a fairly um, crucial time in my career mm-hmm. development. And then, um, you know, at a, a much larger level from the day I moved in, I have a 16 by 24 picture of um, Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a dream speech that um, just his idea of uh, that, that dream of mm-hmm. people being judged by the content of their character, not by the I color have, of their skin. Yes. Right there. Leave alone 30 other quotes that he has, mm-hmm. you know, that inspire. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, in this day and age with the work on um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, his leadership and message uh, messages just uh, carry the day. Great. That's wonderful. I, I know we're running low on time here, and Karen's going to put the hook out, but uh, I will just say one last thing, that uh, your description of the first leader having kind of a hand in everything, to me, describes Mohawk Valley Community College in so many ways. It is a smaller city um, that you're located in, but I just want to say thank you because you – as a college have an impact on so many different aspects of this community purposefully for a positive benefit so thank you very much uh, thank you so much i always like to say that the there isn't a, a problem in this area or a challenge in this area that mvcc doesn't have a at least a, a notion of part of the solution so that's great we appreciate that well, thank you very much for being on our podcast and we would love to have you back again sometime thank you thanks for the opportunity thank you